Get ready, Vikings Nation. Welcome to Purple and Gold for Days, where my friend and yours, Mr. Justin Day, dives headfirst into the Purple and Gold universe, delivering the latest updates and commentary on your favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. You're listening to Purple and Gold for Days, a Vikings First and Skull production. What is going on, everybody? It is great to have you with me. Well, I had my podcast all cut up, and right before I was going to email it to Dave, the news comes out that Justin Jefferson has been put on IR. So he's going to miss the next four games, and the first game he'll be eligible to return will be the game against the New Orleans Saints. This is a good move for the Minnesota Vikings, and I'll tell you why. They need to protect Justin Jefferson from himself. And I say that in the context that he would probably try to play this weekend if he could. He'd probably try to convince KOC, I only need to miss one game. I want no part. Even before they put him on IR after a hamstring injury, I wanted no part of him on Soldier Field. I wanted no part of him against the San Francisco 49ers, not at less than 100%. Am I a little disappointed that he'll miss the first Green Bay game? Yeah, a little bit. But as I have said on my channel, this year is kind of it is what it is. And I'm going to be honest. The podcast you're about to listen to, I get a little spicy because I keep it real, just like Tyler, Dave, and Darren do. But with all of that said, hopefully Justin Jefferson will be able to recover from this hamstring injury and be available when we play the New Orleans Saints But the last thing I want is for Justin Jefferson to get back too quick. This season kind of is what it is. It's already on the brink. We don't need our superstar to come back too early and re-injure himself. And I would say that whether we were 5-0 or 0-5. If you're 5-0, you can afford to miss Justin Jefferson for a few weeks because you've built in a margin for error. And if you're 0-5, you can afford to have Justin Jefferson sit for four games because you have absolutely... No equity in the season whatsoever. But on to the regularly scheduled podcast, which I had recorded prior to the news of Justin Jefferson being put on IR. Enjoy. And thank you kindly, as always, for joining us. What is going on, everybody? It is great to have you with me. It'd be greater if the Vikings actually had a victory yesterday or two weeks ago or at any point in time except for the Carolina Panthers. Wow, this team, I don't even know what to say about them anymore. I mean, we can talk about what? The turnovers? Boy, we haven't talked about that in a while. Oh, wait. We talk about it every week. Oh, wait. We can talk about the defense doing what it can with the talent level that it has, but ultimately, not enough. Oh, sure. Kirk, we can talk about him if we really want to. Although, you know, the Kirk stands, unless everything is positive, you're a hater and you're not allowed to say anything. You know, I'm certainly not saying that Kirk is the reason they lost yesterday. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But let's not pretend that he had opportunities that he didn't take advantage of because he did. Absolutely. He did. We can talk about the running game, which is mediocre at best. Or we can just talk about the fact that the season is on the brink after five weeks. 
after five weeks, the season's on the brink. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Just think about that. You want to know how disgusted I am with the Vikings right now? If they're going to give us that kind of piss poor effort. And I say that in the context because, yes, they were one touchdown short of the world champions in their own building. Okay. But they had opportunities to not be down by a score. They had opportunities that they didn't take full advantage of. So at the end of the day, for me, this whole season, this whole season, they have been unprepared. They have not executed. And to a certain extent, yes, I understand that. Well, if the coach is calling the right plays and the players are not executing those plays, can it really be coaching? I can listen to that for a game or two, but five games and no Carolina really doesn't freaking count. The offense scored two touchdowns and oh, by the way, gave up one. Two touchdowns against the god-awful Carolina Panthers, who, by the way, got destroyed by the Lions. The Lions did what the hell they're supposed to do. 42 to 24, okay? They ran up the score. We could get two. And we trying to talk about, oh, we put in the effort. We got a victory. We got one victory this year over the winless Panthers. Big bleeping deal is what I say. You can say that we got competitors on this team. Guys that want to win, well, that's all well and good. You guys can talk about how you're competitive and you want to win. You ain't won a damn thing. One game against Carolina. Oh, we just got a couple things to figure out. No, you got a couple dozen things to figure out. I said it in week one. KLC was unpre- did not have the team prepared. You're not prepared, and you didn't have a requisite effort against Tampa Bay. You came back from down multiple scores and you kept getting close and kept getting close. And then you ended up not having any chance to win that game. The Los Angeles Chargers, you couldn't touch Justin Herbert. You tried and you couldn't. You couldn't get to him. Blitzed him all day. So, yes, you have one victory over a garbage team starting a rookie quarterback. Hang the freaking banner. Congratulations. So here's what I'm going to say. I think that Kevin O'Connell next year should absolutely be on the hot seat. And that's unfortunate for him because he didn't get his honeymoon period. Usually when you fire a coach and bring in a new guy, your expectation level is six or seven wins first year and maybe nine wins the second year. You get usually get three years, maybe even four. But winning 13 games might not have been the best thing for Kevin O'Connell because now his honeymoon period is shot. Let me take you back in time, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all remember the movie White Men Can't Jump? Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson, and Rosie Perez. Rosie Perez's character, Gloria, and Woody Harrelson's character, Billy. They were dating each other. And Rosie was trying to get through to Billy so much because he didn't get it. He just didn't get it. And Rosie says, sometimes when you win, you really lose. And sometimes when you lose, you really win. Kevin O'Connell won a lot of games last year, but he's really losing because he lost out on what is left of his honeymoon period. Because if you show your bosses right out the gate that you can win that many games, then it becomes the expectation. You know, sometimes when you win, you win in the short term, but you lose in the long term. And sometimes when you lose in the short term, you win in the long term. I don't know why there are some in this fan base that don't see that losing in the short term is better for the long term. I say short-term pains for long-term gains. I'm not saying tank. 
I'm not. Tanking is literally getting rid of everybody beyond the age of 24. Tanking would be trading Justin Jefferson. I have zero interest in that. But trading pending free agents like, oh, I don't know, Daniil Hunter and K.J. Osborne and Ezra Cleveland. And if you can get anything for Harrison Smith, which I doubt because he's got two more years and a bloated contract because Rick Spielman had to reward him. And I'm not saying anything bad about Harrison Smith. I'm just saying it was a bad business decision. And dare I say Kirk Cousins. And I know people say, oh, we'll be horrible with Kirk Cousins. We horrible with Kirk Cousins, much less without Kirk Cousins. So what the hell is the difference? You want to know what the difference is? I'd rather be horrible because Jaron Hall is getting an audition for the last part of the season to see if we have anything with him. Because Jaron Hall's not throwing a single pass to Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. Maybe Jordan Addison in a couple practices. But here's my point. Here is my overall point. This team's going nowhere. And I know that's tough to hear for some people. This team's going nowhere. This, this season is garbage. And it sucks to say that five weeks into the season. I'm not listening to anybody. I don't care if they're a coach. I don't care if they're a player. I don't care if they're a content creator. I don't care who you are. I'm not finna listen to this bullshit that the Vikings just need to fix a couple things and we can turn this season around. If y'all say I'm negative, fine, I'm negative. No, I'm realistic. One win against Carolina. And before Justin Jefferson got hurt, I said last week, you cannot call the Chicago Bears game next week a gimme because the Bears are starting to figure some stuff out. I'm not saying that they're on the fast track to the division or the fast track to a wild card spot, but Justin Fields was tearing it up last Thursday night. And speaking of that, then they had the mini bye week. So they've had three more days of rest than we'll have. And oh, by the way, the Dick Buckus thing, that's going to be their first game with Dick Buckus. So they're going to do the ceremonies, the moment of silence, the remembrance, and all those wonderful things. And that's great. I got nothing against that. But what I am saying is the Bears are going to throw everything at us. I mean, they were going to throw everything at us anyway, but they're really going to throw everything at us now. So I'm not even saying. But here's the thing. You're, you're going to get molly by San Francisco. I said it at the time. Their offensive line and defensive lines are the best in the league, and they're just destroying people. I had Philly one. San Francisco two, and I had Dallas three. Again, San Francisco hasn't even been close to losing a game, have they? All I'm saying is they just destroyed Dallas, and they are going to destroy us three times over. And if you think that, oh, Justin, why are you being so negative? Any given Sunday, any team can beat any other team. Congratulations. If you want to play those odds, go right ahead. If you actually think that if we beat the Bears and then lose to the San Francisco 49ers and are two and five coming into what was the easy part of our schedule on paper. (laughs) Oh, we got Green Bay and then we got Atlanta. Then we got New Orleans and then we got Denver and then we got Chicago. We should be four and one or five and oh in those games. Yeah, that's what I said in the offseason that they should be four and one or five and oh in that stretch. I had him going three and four in the first stretch, four and one. That takes you to seven and five at the bye week. Okay. And then split with uh, Las Vegas and Cincinnati. That takes you to eight and six. And then you got those last three games, two against Detroit, one against green Bay. I figured you win two out of those three. Okay. 
that was before we saw this team get on the football field and stink up the joint. They stink. They're terrible. No, it's just bad luck. No, you don't have this many turnovers and just say it's bad luck, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's not. It's not just bad luck. And that gets back to KOC. You done turn the ball over, what, 12 times in five games. Before yesterday, you had zero points in the first quarter through four games. Now you got three points in the first quarter through five games. Congratulations. We sure are fixing things, aren't we? Oh, yeah. First play of the game. First play of the game. (laughs) You have to be damn near perfect to beat Patrick Mahomes. He is Michael Jordan. If you want to say that Tom Brady was Magic Johnson or Larry Bird or a combination thereof, that's fine. Patrick Mahomes is Michael Jordan. And when you have Michael Jordan and you're trying to beat him, you need to be damn near perfect. And there can be games. You know, the defense outside of a couple plays did pretty good. I'm not saying they were great. But if you had told me the Chiefs were going to score score 27 points, yeah, we would have taken that versus door number two, where maybe it's 24, maybe it's 34 or 38. We all would have taken 27 points. Now, let me be clear. If the Vikings had tied up that game, Patrick Mahomes would have had about, what, three minutes left, and they wouldn't have just taken the ball trying to get first downs to run out the clock. So let's not talk about, oh, the refs screwed us. The refs had a couple bad calls. We're a little bit inconsistent. The refs are nowhere close to the top of the reason we lost that game. We lost that game because we fumbled on the first play. We lost that game because our wonderful head coach twice settled for field goals. The first one, well, you you know, let's get some points on the board. Okay, I can listen to that the first time. I can listen to that the first time. The second time, hell no. You can get field goals against Patrick Mahomes. And then you're shocked that you're down by 14 in the fourth quarter. And then you're shocked that you got one touchdown but couldn't get the next one because, you know what, you give yourself no margin for error. That is the theme with this team. For years, they give themselves absolutely no margin for error. And you kick two field goals in the first half. I don't care that you took the lead. I don't care. You can't kick field goals. I said that five times between all my preview shows. You kicking field goals, you might as well just, you know, take a knee on fourth down. I mean, obviously you don't. But my point is, is that they're damn near meaningless. Okay? Kicking field goals against Patrick Mahomes. Recipe for disaster. And you know what? Outside of that crazy third and 18 play, or was it the third and 25? I don't know which one it was. There were so many. or There was a couple that I don't remember anymore. Cam Bynum, you t- mistimed your jump by one step. And then you would have had an interception or at the very least a knockdown. And they scored a touchdown on that drive. Okay, that's the difference right there. Uh, the fumble that led to seven points. There's, there's a difference there too. So as the late great Denny Green would say, they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. We had them. We had the champs ready to be knocked out. And you let them back up. That's like if a team holds Michael Jordan to 24 points in a playoff game, but they still lost because Michael did one or two crazy things. He played good defense. He set up one of his teammates. He did an alley-oop to Scottie Pippen, whatever, whatever. Oh, we held Mahomes to less than 300 yards. So hang a banner. We held Mahomes under 300 yards. I'm supposed to be impressed by that. Copyright Shania Twain, that don't impress me much. What impressed me much 
is winning the damn football game. And this team has beat nobody this year except the old for Carolina Panthers. Congratulations. You know what this is like for this team this year? This is like a guy and a girl dating for an extended amount of time. And they get into some scuffles here and there. But despite the fact that they both really care about each other, it just isn't working. And so one person says to the other, you need to change and then we won't fight so much. And the other person says, whoa, whoa, whoa. We both need to change. It's not just me. It's not just you. It's both of us. And one of them won't admit it. And so the one that does admit it tries to change. And guess what? They still get into scuttle buffs. They still fight. And then eventually the second person who didn't want to admit that they were part of the problem says, okay, I'll fix. I'll I'll change. And you know what? They both changed. They both love each other. And they still fighting. And that's the key sign is to say, hey, this ain't going to work. That's what's going on with the Minnesota Vikings right now. AOC is trying to do the same things he did last year because he went 13 and four, but it was fool's gold. It was total fool's gold. I'm not saying we have to give those wins back. And I'm not saying that the regular season enjoyment wasn't worth having, but it is what it is. They're just not very good. Last one for right now. The last year of Mike Zimmer, we finished eight and nine, and we had all of those games where we gave up points defensively in the last two minutes of the first half and fourth quarter. And everybody's saying, well, we just need a couple breaks to go our way and a couple plays here and there, and we could have been 10 and seven and could have got the wild card spot. And I say, first of all, you're going to get your ass kicked in the first round of the playoffs anyway. So what the hell does the difference make? And last year, we were also a 10 win team that got a few breaks. We've been a 10-win team at best for the last couple seasons. And we've been trying to do the same thing over and over again. And we're shocked to find that the results are the same. It just is what it is. They're not a good team. And that sucks for all of us. I want us to be a good team. I want us to win one Super Bowl before I die. I don't want to be coming on this mic every Monday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, Sunday night, regardless of what night it is, copyright. Wiggins, Jermaine Wiggins from back in the day. But anyway, all I'm saying is it is what it is, and it sucks. I don't like saying it. I know nobody likes hearing it, but a little step back versus a full-on tank. A full-on tank is trading Kirk Cousins, Daniil Hunter, Harrison Smith, K.J. Osborne, Ezra Cleveland, and Justin Jefferson. That's a full-on tank. That is literally getting rid of all of your best assets and literally burning it to the ground and starting from the ground up. A step back is to trade your pending free agents. Just like in baseball, at the trade deadline, people say, oh, we're not going to get anything for this guy because we already know we're not going to re-sign him, so let's trade him for, for prospects. It's the same damn thing. You trade your pending free agents for draft picks so that you can get some more prospects in here. But trading Kirk Cousins is not a tank. See, the nincompoops out there that are such Kirk stands and, oh, well, if we get rid of Kirk, we'll be terrible. As if, as I said, as if we are not already terrible. Okay. So what's the difference? A full on tank can only be achieved if you trade Justin Jefferson. And let me be clear, under no circumstances do I trade Justin Jefferson. I want Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison to be the one-two punch at wide receiver for our new quarterback, whether it's a veteran quarterback that we sign on the cheap or a quarterback we draft and develop, I don't care. 
I'm not trading Justin Jefferson for anything other than Patrick Mahomes. If I could trade Jefferson for Patrick Mahomes, I do that. But obviously, you know, I'm being facetious right now. I'm being totally facetious right now. But no, I'm not trading Justin Jefferson. And so my point is for the people out there that think trading Daniel Hunter and the rest of the names I mentioned, including Kirk Cousins, is tanking. No, it's not. No, it's not. Kevin O'Connell, part two. You burned all three of your timeouts. One, because your defensive alignment wasn't good. Two, because you challenged the dumbest thing ever. And three, most importantly, you called a timeout to avoid taking a five-yard delay of game penalty. That five yards is not as important as having the timeout towards the end of the game around two minutes left. And it drives me crazy. You know what? All these coaches in the NFL, if you're about to get a delay of game penalty, unless it's like, you know, your first, your third and goal from the eight. Okay, I can listen to that. But you're at what? I don't even remember where the hell they were on the field. It doesn't matter, especially when you already have burned your first two times. Now, if you got three, I would still dislike it. I Again, under no circumstances is the five yards that you would lose on a delay of game penalty worth a timeout against Patrick Mahomes in the second half. No, those five yards are not worth giving up a timeout. In-game decisions, just like the unbelievable, undisciplined, and unprepared this team is, his in-game decisions. I'm sorry, dude. I like you as a person, but you got to be, you got to be, I'm not saying you got to be Mike Zimmer and be a tyrant, but you got to be somewhere in the middle. And honestly, burning all three of your timeouts with nine minutes to go. You want to know what the worst part of that is? There was nine minutes and 27 seconds left and you were out of timeouts, which means for the next seven minutes and 20 some seconds until the two minute warning, you do not have the ability to challenge something. So what if there was a play where Patrick Mahomes skips it to Travis Kelsey and they called it a catch on the field, even though you look at the replay and it's clearly an incomplete pass, you wouldn't have been able to challenge that because you had to take your last time out to avoid five yards penalty. What do you think is more important, the five yards or the timeout, especially when you've already uh, burned the rest of them? Because you guys understand that I'm going to keep it real. I just appreciate the loyalty, and I know Dave from First and Skull will say the same thing, Dave and Tyler and Darren. We're going to give you our opinions. Uh, you know, If you don't like our opinions, that's fine. Come back at us with a different opinion. That makes sense, and we can have a peaceful, casual discussion about it. But am I going to be a homer to you guys? Nah. Not once. I'm never. I got done being a homer in uh, the January of 1999 because I was at that Atlanta Falcons game where they beat us in the NFC Championship game. That's when I stopped being a homer. I was a homer right up until that moment. Going the night before that game, I said there was a 95% chance we were going to win. And they lost. That was the greatest team I've ever seen in my lifetime. I know the old timers will say 75. I didn't get to see 75. And yes, 98 was better than 2009. Regardless, it's not the point. The point is, is that, no, I'm not just going to say, hey, you know what? We can win five in a row. We can get back into the wild card race. So we can lose in the first round of the playoffs. But it's better to go in the playoffs than it is to have a top five pick. Why? A top five pick will help you, in theory, get to a Super Bowl again. It'll get you out of mediocrity. It'll allow you to pay your bills. 
So then you can sign free agents. Well, look at Chicago. They had a whole, but they had a hundred million dollars and there's, they're a dumpster fire too. Yes, they are, but they've started their process. Next year will be year one of us rebuilding and it'll be year three for Chicago rebuilding. Who's further ahead? Us or Chicago? And I'm not here to say that Chicago is on the way to winning the Super Bowl in the next five years. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is they at least tried. And the Vikings never try. They don't. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Thanks for listening.